The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Reardon Clinic Real Health Podcast. This is Dr. Ron Hunting Hockey. I'm the Chief Medical Officer at Reardon Clinic. And it's our privilege today to have back again, Dr. Veronique Desolniers. So uh, Dr. V was on our show not too long ago, and we talked, uh, we, we started to get into the details of her book. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about the Heal Breast Cancer book to start out with, and then we're gonna get into some of the essence of that book. Yes, Heal Breast Cancer Naturally, Seven Essential Steps to Beating Breast Cancer. So this is the second edition. And the reason I wrote the book is because so many women, you know, were coming to me and, and it, you know, they, they wanted information. And yes, I could send them to the website and they could read the blogs. But this has been called the Bible for breast cancer, you know, healing breast cancer naturally, because it has everything you need from the nutritional, the detoxification, the emotional, the dental, the testing. I mean, it has everything you need there to really maneuver your, your healing journey. Because we know, you know, there's so much information out there and it's overwhelmed. But this focuses specifically on breast cancer. And when a woman is told that you have breast cancer, it is such an incredible life change that... It's extremely disorienting, and and as you mentioned, there are so many voices out there. There's conventional, but there's also a lot of uh, alternative, functional, integrative uh, material. And, uh, and I think a woman is just, I know my wife, when she was diagnosed, it just seemed very overwhelming to her. So it's got to be reassuring to women to know they can go one place and get a very good handle on what the next steps could be for them. It is, it really is. And, you know, when women hear those words, you have breast cancer, it, it creates that, you know, that um, framework in their mind. You know, what's, what's the first thing that comes up in their mind? It's often, you know, a sickly woman with a bald head who struggles with her health. You know, that's kind of the vision of breast cancer. And, and I'm here to change that. You know, we want a paradigm shift because it does not have to look that way. Just because you're diagnosed with breast cancer doesn't mean that you have to be deathly sick doesn't mean that you have to lose your hair and, and struggle through the journey. I mean, we have many testimonials and many women, we've supported women in almost 60 countries now, we're at 59, um, who, you know, who have gone through this journey successfully and 
have applied the seven essentials in their life. For a long time, I've been telling my patients, my female patients, that it was one in eight women. But recently, I heard that it had really jumped to almost like one in five or six women are being diagnosed with breast cancer. So uh, it's it's a timely message, and certainly. I think uh, one, all the all the women and their their men that are listening, you know, even if you don't have breast cancer, this is very important to listen to because everything that I believe that you're going to be talking about that we know about here at the Reardon Clinic is all about preventing cancer just as much as treating it, and and really there's not a a whole lot of big difference in the two pathways. Absolutely, and whether it's breast cancer, prostate cancer you know, you name it, cancer is cancer. I mean, there's some little nuances that are a little different, but uh, I've worked with many men with prostate cancer who've applied these principles. Um, I get emails or I meet people at conferences. They say, my daughter had melanoma and she followed your program, or, you know, my daughter had ovarian cancer and she followed this program. So it's, it's basic principles that you can apply to any dis-ease in your body. I've even heard it put that cancer is more of a verb than it is a noun, and that this idea that cancer occurs in just discrete organs, we're actually, even in conventional thinking, moving away from that and beginning to see that the body as a whole uh, is has changed in a dramatic way to allow for the continued growth of uh, these cancerous cells. And so uh, the idea here is, is to find out what is it, what are the essential steps towards uh, turning the body around back to more healthy living. And I think, is that what the seven essential systems is all about? It is. It is. It's about going back to the foundations of what it takes to allow the body to heal. Whenever there's dis-ease in the body, your lifestyle, the way you've eaten, what you've been exposed to, the thoughts you think, all of those things have allowed disease or cancer to show up in your life. So the good news is those things can all be changed. And we know, according to studies and statistics, that 5% or less is genetic. The majority of it is because of lifestyle changes and dietary issues that can lead to the cancer. And, you know, cancer is not necessarily a genetic disease. We know now know it's more of a metabolic disease. It's an immune system disease. I also say that it's a stress disease because we know what stress does to our immune system. It's a toxic disease that we live in such a toxic environment. So those are factors. It's, it's an inflammatory disease. People are walking around in a state of inflammation. Uh, it, it's an epigenetic disease and, and a lot of people, they are still learning what that word means, but it, yes, we are born with a, uh, a, a set of genes that we'll have our whole life, but how we choose to live our lives, that's how those genes actually express. And so I really think this is what your book is all about is helping people find out what are the essential steps for turning around this uh, cancering process and once again, finding true health. So yes, I, I agree with your assessment, cancering, you know, rather than tell women that they are cancer free, 
we like to use the term you're no longer cancering or producing a lot of active cancer in your body where you you can keep it at bay well even women who have successfully gone through uh, the standard of care and and uh, reached a point of where we we find no cancer there still is the risk of recurrence and that can be a fairly high i've heard as high as 70 percent of women can recur because the treatments that we use to treat the tumor can be fairly toxic themselves. And so uh, we want all women to uh, look at all seven uh, essentials as a means of not only getting over cancer, but staying free of cancer for the long haul. Yes, and that's a good point that you bring out. Just because they can't see it in the blood or in the uh, in the blood tests or in the scan, it doesn't mean that there's not those circulating tumor cells or the breast cancer stem cells that are just, you know, floating around ready to, to cause a recurrence. Okay, so should we jump into the seven essentials? The, your, your first essential is one of the Reardon Clinic essentials as well, let food be your medicine. So I'm sure people have, have heard that uh, Hippocrates saying, what does that really mean? You know, it means that food contains everything that we need to keep our bodies healthy. And the type of food that we eat has a huge impact on our health. Now, there's, you know, our, our, our diets are as individual as our bodies. When somebody tells me that there's only one way to eat and that's the only way you're going to get well, then that's a very myopic view because clinically I've seen in the last 40 some years, some people do well with more of a vegetarian diet. Some do well more with a paleo meat eating diet. And so we have to look at the individual and what their, you know, their genetics are, the health of their GI tract, their blood type, you know, all of those things are very important, but in a general overview, eating as organic as you can, lots of vegetables on your plate, little bit, of, when we talk about eating meat, it has to be grass-fed, clean, no antibiotics, no GMOs, and we're only looking at, you know, a small little piece, you know, maybe three to four ounces. It doesn't take a lot. Um, Avoiding, in my opinion, we need to avoid a lot of grains because that can really increase the carbohydrate load on the body. And um, some minimal fruit, which, you know, some fruits are good and in season it's okay. If you live in an area where peaches are being grown and it's in season, it's okay to indulge once in a while. But if you live in the cold north, it's not good to eat pineapples and bananas. So we know that cancer cells they have changed their metabolic functioning. They no longer can burn uh, fat properly. They have shifted to sugar burning. And so, uh, so when, when you talk about grains, that's for a lot of people, that's high sugar. That also could be high glyphosate too, because a lot of the wheat is being spread, spray, uh, sprayed with, with glyphosate. So certainly that, that is a way of reducing that particular toxin at the same time. But so many of the women that I've seen who, uh, who do develop breast cancer have drifted into the metabolic syndrome where they have high blood sugar, high insulin levels, 
and uh, they they have difficulty uh, doing fasting because they get hypoglycemia, and so they they find themselves using sugar quite a bit or high high highly refined carbohydrates. And so, what kind of suggestions would you give to women to help them uh, shift out of this? Well, first of all, educate yourself about what it means to have that metabolic syndrome. And the good news is it is very reversible. And understand what high sugar and insulin spikes can do to you. It literally can paralyze your immune system by 40% for over five hours. There's something called phagocytes, you know, part of the immune system that gobbles up unhealthy bacteria, viruses, cancer cells, that sort of thing. And when you eat sugar, refined sugars, it literally will paralyze your immune system for up to five hours. So that's very, very important. Um, and then do a little experiment on yourself. Get one of those uh, blood glucose monitors that diabetics use. That's what I did in my second healing journey. I, you know, I'd been juicing for decades and I thought, okay, this time around, I'm really going to do extra juicing. Well, when I did that, I was really feeling off. I wasn't feeling good. So I checked my blood sugar and sure enough, you know, it was sky high, which showed me that I'd become insulin resistant to a certain point and I couldn't handle all the juicing. So I needed to cut back and use things like, um, blending and smoothies instead. So I have a lower, uh, slower increase. So I'm cu curious, did you do any fasting? You know, intermittent fasting has become uh, a way of, for people to get into ketosis. And in ketosis, the body is, the cells are burning mostly fat. And so that's one way of lowering sugar. Was that part of your journey as well? Right. In my second healing journey, I decided that I would experiment with ketosis and the ketogenic diet. And so for six months, I really dove in very strict, measured all my fats, carbohydrates, proteins, all of that, worked with a ketogenic coach and really understood the nuances and what I ate and how it affected my blood sugar. And so definitely added more and more healthy fats, uh, really cut back on my carbohydrates. And when I saw my HbA1c or my fasting insulin numbers come down, I knew I was in the right direction. However, um, because of my genetics, I don't process a lot of fats very well. So I had to really cut back on the fats and, you know, eat a balanced, moderate amount of healthy fats. Yeah, I, uh, you know, this is the Real Health podcast. And what we found is that real foods are the best foods. They have the highest phytonutrient content. Uh, you want to stay away from any food that's got a label on it because more than likely it's been processed and added sugar as well as the, the fats that are in processed foods have, uh, are, they're oftentimes vegetable oil type fats that have become hydrogenated or oxidized in some way. And they really turn your mitochondria off. And the whole goal of uh, good cancer care is to improve mitochondrial functioning. Yes, and there's many ways to do that. Um, exercise, 
oxygenate your body, the healthy fats, lowering the stress levels, um, feeding your, your mitochondria, healthy things, making sure, you know, you supplement with extra CoQ10. And there are specific supplements now, like uh, there's something called oxaloacetate. The, the product is known as Benagene, um, which has been clinically shown to really improve the health of the mitochondria. Let's move on to number two here on the seven essentials, which uh, that's to reduce your toxic exposure. Now, my thinking says that there's a lot of different types of toxic exposures. There could be toxic relationships. There could be toxic homes like mold and whatnot. There could be chemicals that are lurking in personal care products. Can you address some of these toxins and how were you able to track them down and get rid of them? Well, you know, where do we start? Because <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> the air, the water, even our food, you know, even if we try to eat organic, guess what? What if the field next door is spraying glyphosates and Roundup, the rainwater, the soil, all those things have been, you know, unfortunately tainted with you know, so many toxic chemicals, but eat as clean as you can. And then look at your environment. Look at what you're using outside in your yard. Um, look at what you're using inside your home to clean your home. Because there are hundreds of chemicals that have been linked to breast cancer specifically that you, know, you may be using in your home as cleaners. Look at what you put on your skin because anything you put on your skin is being absorbed directly into the body. So be aware of uh, things that mimic estrogens. We call them xenoestrogens. So things like plastics and phthalates and BPAs, uh, heavy metals, mercury is, is a known metalloestrogen. It mimics and stimulates estrogen in the body. And so be very aware of those for sure. And then um, look at what we're dealing with with uh, the EMFs. You know, now they're starting to turn on 5G. And I, you know, when I think about how pervasive 5G is going to be with um, Mr. Musk is shooting all these satellites up into the, you know, the atmosphere or Earth. I mean, the goal is to have over 40,000 satellites beaming 5G down on planet Earth. It's frightening to think about. However, you can, you know, there's the good news is there is technology that you can protect your environment and your body from the effects of EMFs and, you know, whatever technology you use, make sure that it's backed up by clinical studies and that there's proof that it's working because there's a lot of junky woo-woo stuff out there. So awareness is, is, is really important in this phase because a person can be overwhelmed but you can also take a step-by-step -step approach and start thinking about what are small steps that help you reduce your toxic load. I was even uh, made aware that hair dyes are, can be definitely related to uh, breast cancer. And so obviously that's something that, you know, a woman does have in her control. And uh, it, it's just a, a matter of taking charge and addressing those possibilities. That's right. It's one small thing at a time. If you're newly diagnosed, don't feel like you have to 
throw away everything and start fresh. If it just means changing your toothpaste, changing the lotion you put on your skin, go to your local supermarket now. You can buy any kind of household cleaner pretty much that is non-toxic and biodegradable. I mean, things have improved so much in the last 40 some years. This really kind of leads us into the number three essential, balance your energy, because uh, it'd be very easy for a newly diagnosed cancer patient, breast cancer patient, to just feel totally overwhelmed uh, and and probably defeat, you know, defeated before they even get started. So the important thing to know is that the body does have cancer controlling mechanisms and when we take better care of ourselves, when we get adequate sleep, when we make time to walk through the grass barefoot or to breathe deeply and meditate, uh, pray, all these things are balancing our energy. How, how has that manifested in your experience? Well, it's an essential. So it's very important, obviously. And so when I was kind of downloading my my system that I created because it was going to help me on my first healing journey. I realized as a chiropractor, first of all, that we needed to balance our electrical nerve system. Our brain commands controls every single cell in our body through the nerve system. And so if there's any misalignments in the spine, that can cause that information not to get through properly. That can cause miscommunication. So chiropractic definitely helps to balance your, your, your nerve system. And there's the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. One's the accelerator, one's the brake. And those need to be balanced properly. Then you want to balance your chi energy, the, the energy that runs through the meridians. So acupuncture could be another great tool to, to balance your energy. Make sure that you get restorative sleep. You know, sleep has been shown to really help people that are struggling with their health if they get start getting that restorative sleep and you can train your body and there are things to do there um, you can test for hormones and, and um, your brain chemistry to see what's off your neurotransmitters and you can learn to balance those through specific supplementation and meditation and diet and i mean i was an insomniac for 20 years and then i really learned to balance my sleep. And now 95% of the time I sleep very well. So it is possible to turn that around. And then, um, of course, balancing your hormones, right? Absolutely. We know, we know when our hormones are off, we don't feel well, right? We're off balance. And so for women, especially dealing with breast cancer, and it applies to men with breast cancer, um, make sure that you understand your your genetic tendency when it comes to breaking down or methylating metabolizing your hormones because some women and men have a genetic snip where they don't break down their hormones properly and with estrogen it could mean that you have aggressive circulating estrogens that can be problematic in causing cancer now your hormones don't cause cancer let's be clear about that but if you are exposed to too many chemical estrogens and you're not breaking yours down properly if your gut health is not is not um, healthy it won't process those hormones properly as well 
And so you should test, test to find out. You can do that through DNA testing, urine testing to see if you have that problem. And if you do, the good news is you can support that pathway with things like um, broccoli sprouts and sulforaphane, D-glucurate, DIM, which is a, a concentration from cruciferous vegetables, flax seeds. So there's a lot of things you can do to help bring your hormones into balance. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's episode of The Real Health Podcast is brought to you by the Reardon Clinic Nutrient Store. The Nutrient Store is your resource for the highest quality nutritional supplements. Every supplement in the store is handpicked by the expert medical staff at Reardon Clinic, providing you with the best quality, purity, consistency, and effective dosing available. Visit store.reardonclinic.org to shop online. This kind of also leads into uh, number four, heal your emotional wounds, because if you are in a state of chronic stress due to emotional distress, it's very hard to do the first three things. Uh, in some ways, you, you need to make that, uh, that step of emotional healing a very priority one. And uh, I, I don't know if that, if you think of that more as interpersonal or within just the person themselves, how, how, how does that play out in, in your scheme? Well, it, it addresses all aspects, actually. Obviously, it starts with you, and it's learning to heal that little girl or that little boy inside of you and to learn to nurture that little girl, to teach her and let her know that she's safe and she's taken care of and to learn to forgive yourself and forgive others and really look at this situation. A lot of women that I find don't progress very well in their healing journey, I ask them the question, and we do some of this in our retreats too, is do you really believe you deserve to heal? Because some women have such a low self-esteem or they're so, they feel so guilty and this could be all subconscious or they, you know, they don't feel they deserve to heal. And so they basically have that subconscious death wish where, you know, I don't deserve to be alive because I did this in my past or I'm such a bad person or my mother told me this. And so it's very important to work through those things and, you know, seek the help of a professional. Um, you know, I worked with two different EFT coaches. One was a trained psychologist. The other one was just a trained EFT practitioner and um, use tools like uh, EVOX, which is um, stands for um, electronic voice. That's what EVOX stands for. And it's basically you put a little headset on with the speaker and you have your hand on a, on a Zyto cradle and you speak a statement and the technology records the stress in your voice and then it gives back the frequencies to help neutralize those stressors. Um, there's technology like EMDR, which has to do with uh, retraining your brain using eye movements. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of tools and something as simple as meditation or journaling and reading books like 
you are the placebo and understanding that if you really believe and focus and visualize and see your body healing, that your body will respond. But if you're thinking in the back of your head, in the back of your mind and in your heart, well, I don't know if I'm going to get well or you know, what if this proto protocol I'm doing doesn't work? Or what if this back pain is the cancer spreading and you're always in that fear and trepidation and conflict? Well, guess what? Your cells are listening and so is the cancer. So you really have to pay attention to your thoughts and learn to train your brain. I think the metaphor of the, uh, the non-healing wound is really appropriate here. So many of us have had traumas in our childhood. There's actually research on that that uh, childhood traumas can, so to speak, come back to haunt us. But cancer then becomes an opportunity to uh, drain the wound, open the wound, find out why it hasn't healed, and go about that process, even if it's a bit painful, uh, because the stakes are so high. Why not? Why not go for healing? If you've tucked it away, bring it back out again and work with it and get, get it to open up and drain. I think is a good way of, of thinking of this. That's, that's a great analogy. And it reminded me of the book, Feelings Buried Alive Never Die, mm. right? Yep. You can bury, bury, bury and stuff, 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 but get what? Guess what? Those emotions and that energy is still stored in your cells and you must learn to release that. One of my good friends, Dr. Thomas Levy, uh, is very interested in your next uh your next essential, which may, some people may think is odd, but I think it's one of the really important ones, and that is to embrace biological dentistry. Uh, he spent 15 years with Dr. Hal Huggins, who was one of the preeminent biological dentists, and saw over and over again how chronic infections in the mouth, uh, mercury toxicity, abscesses, uh, root canals, uh, cavitations, there's all kinds of things that can go on in the mouth that mm -hmm. serves as a source of chronic inflammation and infection that will drain down to the breast, through the lymphatic system. How did, you, how did you come to discover this and to make this one of your essentials? Well, I read Dr. Hal Huggins' book mm -hmm. in the 1980s and the late 80s. And that was an eye-opener because I had 16 metal fillings in my mouth. My, <laughs> my parents didn't believe in dentistry very well. And so as I got older, I figured, well, I might as well fill all these teeth because I had so many cavities. Um, and so when I read that book, it was a huge light bulb moment. And I started making that connection with my patients and myself. And so um, 1991, 92, I happened to find a biological dentist who only worked 30 minutes from where I lived, had all of them removed, replaced, you know, did the um, blood serum compatibility test and really saw, you know, a big difference in my health and my energy and, and, you know, realized how important. And so when I've worked with women and patients, you know, prior to the, my breast cancer story, um, I saw a direct correlation because I did um, bioenergetic testing where I tested different acupuncture points and I would see a correlation between the teeth and the organ because our 
organs are connected to our teeth through the acupuncture meridian system. So if you have a hunk of metal or a root canal sitting on a specific meridian, and we often see that with women, you know, the on the top and on the bottom, same, same numbers there that are related to the breast tissue. There's typically a root canal or a filling or a crown with a metal backing and perhaps still some mercury underneath that crown. Um, so very, very important to work with a biological dentist to clean that up. And when you think of a root canal, think of it like a dead appendix or a dead gallbladder. You know, how sick would you be if that happens? I mean, sepsis and, you know, you can almost die when you have that. Same thing happens with your tooth, only on a smaller level. You know, it's dripping toxic um, toxins from the anaerobic bacteria because no matter how clean you try to make it, there's always a source of, of bacteria there. Um, and then, of course, there's cavitations, not cavities, but cavitations, which is an infection in the bone. If you've ever had an extraction and it wasn't cleaned out properly, and most likely it wasn't, then the same thing happens. There's bacteria that go in there, it festers, and it literally starts eating away at the bone. And I've got pictures of um, some of my clients who had cavitation surgery and dentist took a picture and it's literally a hole in the bone where the bacteria has been e eating away at the bone. So very, very toxic and that needs to be cleaned out and addressed as well. Women can do something relatively simple as a starting point. You can request a, a cone beam CT scan of the mouth, which is much better at picking up these uh, the cavitations and these types of uh, kind of occult infections. Also, if you continually run an elevated C-reactive protein uh, and no one knows why, you have to be suspicious of something going on in the mouth and dig a little bit deeper. And so I, I think this is a very important area that is almost always overlooked in uh, conventional thinking. Absolutely. Yeah, very, very important to, to work with that dentist and, and get a second opinion. If they say they don't see anything, that's what I did. I got a second opinion, and sure enough, they found they found somewhere the other hadn't. Yeah. So moving on to essential number six, repair your body with thera therapeutic plants. Now, if you can expand, how is that more? It's it's actually related to number one, let food be your medicine. But what were you thinking of when you're thinking of therapeutic plants? So therapeutic plants and herbs, and I also include supplements in that. And so when we look at um, the quality of our food nowadays, uh, we know the you know, studies have shown us that um, our food is deficient because it's been grown on deficient soil for decades. And so what we used to get in spinach and carrots, we no longer get. So it's very important to supplement. So basic trace minerals like zinc and magnesium and selenium, you know, those are, are, are key. And then when you look at uh, vitamin D, for example, we know that if women's vitamin D levels are low, they're, you know, they're more than likely to develop breast cancer and less likely to do well on their healing journey. So we've got to bring that vitamin D level up. Looking at iodine, iodine is key when it comes to breast health and thyroid health. Women that are on uh, synthetic thyroid medication are twice as likely to develop breast cancer because they're not 
they're just suppressing the symptoms. They're not getting to the root cause and their thyroid isn't actively working. They need that iodine. And then when we focus specifically on immune boosters for the, you know, for the immune system, so medicinal mushrooms, and I mentioned the vitamin D, vitamin C, um, then you, know, you can look at specific cancer killers so things that literally will kill the cancer cells. So everything from blood root to um, curcumin and even melatonin has been shown to uh, kill breast cancer and breast cancer stem cells. Uh, wormwood, uh, polyMBA, solicinium. I mean, there's just a list of literally hundreds of uh, products that can really help boost our immune system and weaken the cancer. Yeah, and this is where it can be helpful to get nutrient testing because the there are so many choices, you don't know where to turn first. But uh, if you can test and find that you're low in some of these essential nutrients, that's a good place to start. Another thing that we found very helpful, you can now get uh, superfood powders fairly regularly at health food stores. And this is a way to get the benefits of those phytonutrients without necessarily consuming a lot of sugar. Sometimes people think they have to do a lot of uh, smoothies, which uh, you will get phytonutrients from your smoothies, but you can also overdo the sugar part of this. And so superfoods are a way of making uh, low carbohydrate smoothies that are very nutrient dense. Yeah, I love that. And, and as much as we try to eat well and have big salads every day and eat lots of vegetables, sometimes we just don't get all the greens that we need to get. So the powders are great. So let's, let's finish up today, this session uh, with number seven, adopt early detection. Uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that we all have cancer cells in our body. We we, uh, that, that I've, I've read where breast cancer cells can take up to 15 to 20 years to develop. It has to develop a blood supply and that can take a long time. So why do we wait until the actual cancer is diagnosed? Uh, but there are caveats that I'm, I know you're going to, you need to tell our audience about, you know, early detection is a plus minus thing in the breast cancer world. Why is that? Well, if you follow the pink movement in the month of October, the um, push is for women to go get mammograms. Now, I'm not telling anybody not to get a mammogram. It's a personal choice. However, when we look at um, the history of mammography and the challenges with mammography, we know that by the time... Um, you know, it may take six to eight years for something to show up on a mammogram before it's it's actually seen. So you've got all that time where what if you could use a technology or even blood work that would tell you that you, you're developing breast cancer when it's just a few hundred cells versus a big tumor already in the breast. Um, and we know that radiation causes cancer. So when you get radiation and compression, you know, that has been shown, according to the British Journal of Radiology, can increase a woman's risk for breast cancer. So if you choose to do mammography, back it up with an ultrasound because it'll give you another picture to look at to make sure that you're covering all the bases. Now, you can also look at a technology called thermography. Thermography will not 
diagnose cancer, just like mammogram will, but it'll give you an indication physiologically what's happening in your tissue. And it works on the, the premise that your body gives off heat and the camera picks up the heat, the infrared heat being emitted from your body and the software translates it into an image. So where there's more redness, that means there's more inflammation. And oftentimes we can literally see a tumor with the blood flow or the vascularity forming to feed that tumor. So thermography is a great tool, but again, I recommend that you back it up with ultrasound. Um, then there's you know MRIs as well that are being used more and more. And by the way, you don't, if you, if you don't want to use the, the dye, the contrast, you don't have to, that's a personal choice. You know, you can do it, they can see relatively well without it. Um, and then breast self-exam. So how many women know how to do proper breast self-exam? And I just want to show this little chart here. So the average woman who is not properly trained in doing a breast exam will find something the size of this, of a ping pong ball. However, if she's properly trained, she can find something the size of a pea. And when it uh, comes to breast cancer, size matters, right? The smaller the, the tumor, the better the life expectancy. And so this model was created by the Mamacare Foundation, and this model has been used to train doctors and nurses for over 30 years. The beauty of this is that it feels and looks like a breast and it has tumors hidden in, in four different places in the breast, even way underneath the nipple. And the manufacturer of the model asked me to take this to the general public so women could now have access to use this model. And so there's a training system with a video and a booklet and it teaches you how to properly do your breast exam. You don't do it standing up. You don't do it sitting up, you do it laying down with the model initially to learn how to do a proper exam. So um, that's what I call very early detection. Right. We uh, at the Reardon Clinic, we got my best friend uh, for our thermography room. So when our patients come for thermography, we're introducing them to this method methodology of making you more uh, sensitive to the smaller size of potential lesions so that you can catch them early. That's wonderful. Thank you. And I, I do want to mention with essential number seven and early detection is blood work. Uh, I know we alluded to that, but um, getting tests other than the typical, you know, metabolic profile or the CBC, but, you know, have your thyroid tested, do a liver panel, uh, check your inflammatory markers like the C-reactive protein, um, LDS, EHR, um, homocysteine, ESR, I'm sorry, and homocysteine. Those are all very important. And there are more and more companies now that will look at free circulating cancer DNA in the blood to detect up to 50 kinds of cancers. I just did one from uh, the company Grail, G-R-A-I-L, and it's the gallery test. And um, they, they look for 50 different kinds of cancers in the blood. So that's very early detection as well. Well, we've uh, come to the end of our time, but I, I want to encourage all of our listeners to uh, get 
uh, Dr. Ver, Dr. V's book, Heal Breast Cancer Naturally, because we've kind of just scratched the surface of what can be done. And again, it seems overwhelming until you start to do these things. And then instead of being overwhelming, it becomes empowering. So uh, thank you very much for all your work and helping women become empowered against what is uh, a growing menace in our world. But we've got to have a strategy, and this book outlines a very good one. So uh, any last words for our listeners? Well, thank you so much for having me on, on your on your show once again. I really appreciate that. And, and just recognize that you don't have to do this alone. You know, when I went through my healing journey, I had coaches, I had doctors, I had, you know, certain friends that really supported me. So community is very important. And, you know, we do offer um, some specific one-on-one -on -one coaching for women or even group coaching if they feel like they are overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. Uh, so don't feel like you have to be the Lone Ranger and, um, you know, try to figure this out yourself. Very good. Thank you, Dr. V. And Dr. V will be uh, on another uh, episode of our show uh, talking about her personal journey. But for today, thank you so much for the seven essentials to help our patients heal breast cancer naturally. Thank you for sharing my message of hope with your audience. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.